This morning is the first Sunday of Lent. Um, we just had our Ash Wednesday service this past um, Wednesday, and now this is the first Sunday. Um, if you did not grow up with Lent being a part of your spiritual heritage, it is the 40 days leading up to Easter. It is 40 days of preparation as we come close to celebrate the resurrection of Easter. And as we spoke on, Pastor Brian spoke on, on the Ash Wednesday service, you kind of added those days up, and you're like, that's not 40 days from, from now until then. That's, we're, we're a little off. It's because Sundays don't count. Because Sundays are a time of celebration. So we don't have that as Lent. On Sundays we come and we still celebrate um, the resurrection um, every Sunday as well. So it's 40 days of preparation. Traditionally, the season of Lent is accompanied by a season of fasting. It's a willing abstaining from something in order to create space to concentrate on the person and the work of Christ on our behalf. This year, in addition to fasting, we still encourage you to do that as well. We are encouraging each of us to engage in spiritual practices, to see our lives grow towards Christ through these practices. The life we were created to live is only found in an interactive relationship with God. As we learn to follow Christ in the details of our life, we will experience greater measure of abundance and peace that nothing in this world can ever take away. So, so we are inviting you, wherever you are in your journey, doesn't matter where you are, but wherever you are with Jesus, to take intentional steps to grow and to find true meaning to your life through engaging in spiritual practices. In order to help with that, we have a devotional for you. It's back there um, on the back tables that you can use throughout the week. These practices are not meant to earn brownie points with God, but they are to help cultivate a transforming heart. So I want to say that again. It's not so that we can earn our way to God's love. God always, already loves us, and God already we are already engaged in a relationship with him. It, we're just living that out. And then we're growing more in his likeness as we live that out. And um, these things will consistently, if we consistently engage in them, they help us to grow in Christ's likeness. So my assumption is that all have a desire to grow. That's why you're here. You're here because you want to grow um, in your relationship with him because you believe that he is here. And, and to learn to deepen your life and to follow the ways of Christ as he leads us towards a heavenly life. So the first practice for deepening life that we're going to talk about throughout this whole day is study. We need a high regard and a deep commitment to the Word of God. By study, we simply mean to reflect deeply on the words and images in Scripture so that what enters our mind will also shape our heart. What we dwell on has a way of shaping our life, which is why the Apostle Paul gives this, these instructions in Philippians 4.8. It says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, 
think about such things. In Colossians 3, Paul will tell us to set our minds on the things above, that our lives would be driven by heavenly ways and not earthly ways. The Word of God contains that which is true, right and pure. So it is an it is an important practice to learn to study the Word of God, to bring it into our hearts and to allow it to transform us into the character of Christ. My great hope is that each of us would study the Word for ourselves. And we're, we have Bibles for you. If you don't have a Bible, come up to me afterwards and I, will, and I will get you a Bible, and uh, we can make that happen. So now we're all without excuse to be able to study the Word. Um, so we'd, we'd love you um, to follow up with that if you don't have one. There is a part of me that just wants to stand here and say, read, read this book. In it you will find nourishment and comfort, wisdom and understanding. But there are also thousands, there's actually millions of books you can read. Many are great, but still, nothing compares to the Word of God. It stands high above any other book ever written and any book that will ever be written. This morning, I want to give you four reasons why the Word of God is important in our spiritual growth. It is good to be reminded of why we pursue spiritual practices and this is, this is for, for others of you. Um, maybe perhaps you are newer to the faith. It is good to know the why behind what we do. We don't just say, study, go do it, it's good for you. That kind of stuff. No, we want to know why. So first, it's a big one. The Word of God reveals God's thoughts. Say that again. The Word of God reveals God's thoughts. Think about that. Some people just stay there. That they say that God's thoughts are too high for us to know, that it's just a mystery, and we can never know it, so why study it? I don't think that's probably the best practice to do. Yes, God's thoughts and ways are higher than ours. There's, there's no doubt about that. And we may not fully understand all of God's thinking, but the great gift to us is that we can know the heart of God. Because his word reveals his thoughts to us. So this is a way of knowing his heart. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, it says this. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training for righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We will explore this as late, later as well, but for now, pay attention to, to this part. The inspiration of the Word of God. Scripture is initiated, is inspired by God that we might know Him. It's initiated and inspired by God. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. From the very beginning, 
God has initiated relationship with us through communicating with us. And the scripture is God's self-revelation. Through it, we get to know the heart of God. Again, this is getting to know his heart. Yes, there are things about God's thoughts and ways that are wholly other than ours. But that does not mean he is unknowable. God's word has come to us and has been preserved down through the ages. If you want to check it out, it's been preserved more than any other book, more proven than any other book um, in history. And it tells us the nature of God, his hearts and his thoughts. While there is a mystery to God, it is not that he is an unsolvable enigma. He can be known. And the way in which he is primarily known is through his word. The second reason we study Scripture is this. I'm sorry, Brian's not here. The second reason, this is how he does too, if you didn't know. That's for you, Brian. Okay, second reason we study Scripture is it leads us to a correct path. Psalm 119, 9 through 11 says this. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Why is it important to study the word of God? To hide it in our heart. That we would know the path of righteousness. Jesus at the end of the Sermon on the Mount says that anyone who hears his words and puts them into practice is like a person who builds their house on a rock. The rains come down and the winds beat against the house, but it stands because it is on a solid foundation. The other way is the sand. The other way is we we look at ourselves in a mirror and walk away if we don't do what it says, if we don't want to become part of us. The word of God is the foundation for a life of purpose, for significance and meaning. Building your life on something else, on someone else's opinion. There's many opinions out there. You can see them all over social media. They're, they're shouted loudly. And, and you wonder how sometimes people are, are turning bitter and turning against each other. Because if that becomes what we feed on, that becomes who we are. But building your life, yeah, if building your life on that is like building your house on sand. When the rains come and the winds blow, it's a foundation that's not solid. Only the Word of God informs us on the right way to live and responds to situations we find ourselves in. If we are going to experience the fulfillment of a beautiful life, a life here and now, not just when we get to heaven and all that kind of stuff, but it's for now. This word is for a beautiful life now. We are going to need to know how to study the word of God. Which leads us to the third reason I want us to see. It corrects and it prunes us. When we are off path, it has a way of correcting us towards righteousness and goodness. 
but it's also easy to go down that other path. And going down that other path, you start not reading Scripture. You start not listening to God's Word. Then you end up in these worse and worse um, situations. Um, but this is what guides us to this beautiful life. Um, remember, 2 Timothy, Scripture is useful for teaching and correcting that we might grow in righteousness. It challenges us and it shapes us. It regularly challenges and corrects us if we allow it to. There's the big thing, if we allow it to. Jesus tells us that the purpose of such correction is that we would bear fruit. It's not corrected because you just want to, someone wants to make you like, ooh, you're wrong and just beat you down. No, I want to correct you so that now you can live this full life, this beautiful life, a life that bears fruit. In John 15, 1 through 3, it says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So the correction we receive from Scripture is for this, that we would bear more fruit, experience the significance and the meaning of an eternal quality of life. God's desire is that we experience life in abundance. But in order for that to happen, there are things that we need corrected, ways we need to be shaped. A fourth reason we study the Word is this. It activates our faith. Activates our faith. Romans 10, 17 says this. Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith is activated when we hear the message. It is not that some people have faith and others do not. Faith is like a muscle that has to be exercised. Faith is activated when we come in contact with God's promises. It's like a muscle that we continue to grow and grow and our faith grows. Another word for faith is confidence. Confidence. As we study what God has done in the Scriptures and listen to His Word, it deepens our confidence. It deepens our faith. We see His promises and how His Word is true. When we are reluctant to believe, our confidence is strengthened by the stories we read in Scripture. So studying the Word activates our faith. It deepens our confidence. When the Word of God is hidden in our hearts, it shapes how we respond to temptation. If we want to deep, have a deeper faith, a growing life with God, we are going to have to study and submit ourselves to the Word of God. Which means this. It means that we're going to actually have to read it. We have to read the Scripture. It's so easy to let it just sit on our desk or sit on our tables and not read it. But this has the power to transform. Part of my hope this morning is that you will find time this week to simply read 
the Word of God for yourself. Use the devotional that we have provided or the, the Bible that I've given you, if you come up and, and tell me, um, in some way to prioritize the reading of God, the reading of the Word for this week. But how we read it is just as important as we read it. Because we can read it and then put it away and not have any effect, but it's how we read it. Allow me to, to give you three suggestions on how to approach reading Scripture that will be transformative for this week. First is this. Accept the Word of God as final authority. If our study is going to be transformative, we have to allow the Word of God to correct and to prune us, which means we have to accept its authority in our life. Ultimately, the Word of God is God speaking. As we said at the very beginning, this is God speaking. Until we settle that in our heart, our study will be limited. Second, meditate on the Word. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And okay, so by meditation, we do not mean Eastern philosophy of emptying our minds. Just where you're just like, I'm empty and that kind of stuff. Some people have that in their minds. Meditation was, has been, um, throughout Scripture, has been used. Um, but it's rather concentrated thought. In meditation, we take the Scripture and we think about it. We mull over it throughout our, our day. So we just take a verse and just let that verse sit with you throughout the day. And as it sits with you, it becomes part of you. Um, and you're reminded of it when you have this conversation with someone you didn't necessarily want to have a conversation with, or you hear something, or you're in the circumstance. It comes to mind. And that's how the Scripture begins to be a part of you. If our study is going to be transformative, we are going to have to allow it to marinate, to marinate in our soul. Hide the word of God in your hearts that you may not sin against him. So, um, third suggestion is this. Sit under the word. Um, God has called gifted people to teach the word. And it is good for us to sit under biblical teaching. While we study the word on our own, that's a, real, that's a really good thing to do. But you need to do it in the context of community as well. That's where we gain um, insight and understanding. Um, when we just do it on our own and even away from a church, it becomes, it can become kind of begin to come off base because it might not incorporate the whole of Scripture or the understanding of the church um, throughout that. It's good for us to also expand our understanding through speaking of it with other people. So we don't do this in a vacuum. Another reason why our corporate gatherings are so crucial for living a transformed life, we intentionally spend this time sitting under the teaching of Scripture. 
So every message is, is based on Scripture. You'll hear the words. You've seen so many Scriptures today as well, but um, that's what we do. That's how we're transformed, not just words that men say. It's words that, that God speaks, and we hear, and we listen, and we are transformed by that. There are times when I've been sitting under teaching um, here or, or other churches, and it seems as though the Holy Spirit is speaking directly to me. I don't know, has anyone felt that, that the Spirit's speaking directly to you? Well, I know Pastor Brian was talking about that just in the last couple of weeks. He said um, someone uh, came up to him and said, have you been in my house for the last like three months? Because pretty much every time I come here, you, you, you speak exactly what it's like you were in my house and the circumstances that were going on. And he, not only once, but he had another person come, come and say the same thing. It's because God is the one who is speaking through his word. And he speaks differently to each one of us. Um, he is not a God who, who just does this, just cast it out, this, um, this, the same carbon copy thing. He knows us intimately, and he speaks to each one of us differently, but he uses his word to do it. And we hear differently from that because God is a personal God who does that. And so that's, that's amazing. That's the God that we come and that we worship. So when we position ourselves under biblical teaching, we allow the Spirit of God to move in our hearts and to convict us and to lead us and to mold us more into His image. And all of this leads us towards obedience because the Word of God is our authority. When we sense a leading towards change, our response is to obey. But how often have you been led towards change and then nothing happens? Again, it's this building your house on stand, on, on sand, and or you are in a you are in a mirror and you walk away and you forget it. We need to obey when he speaks to us, and then that's when the transformation process happens. When we hear or read something in Scripture, we learn to put it into practice. And we increasingly have a life built on the solid foundation of the Word of God. So in this way, our study is transformative. It shapes our perspective and our thoughts to be close to Christ, to become more like Christ in His image. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much that you are a God who is not far off, that you're not a God who is silent, but you are a God who is ever speaking through your word. And we thank you that, we, that you have given your word so that we can know your heart, so that we can know um, who who you are. Maybe we'll, we will never know it entirely, but we can know who you are because we can know your heart and we can know how to um, be transformed more into your image by the, by the reading of Scripture and by um, being open to where your Spirit would speak to us and, um, and to be changed and transformed as a result of that. And we, we just thank you for the privilege of having your Spirit here even now 
convicting and, and working and transforming our hearts and lives as we listen to your word. And we uh, just thank you for this time. We give, give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.